Hello, I'm Pastor Jimmy Smith, and welcome to Lake Galilee Baptist Church. Uh, let's continue in the study of the book of Ephesians. When we come to the book of Ephesians, we have six chapters, as Paul writes under the inspiration of God. He speaks to us concerning how rich we are in the grace of God. And when we talk about grace, we're talking about God's unmerited favor. And then the beauty of God's grace, there's something uh, called to grow in his grace, to grow in his favor. And may that be the desire of every believer to have a closer walk with the Lord, not just to go through the motions or to play church, but to have a relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords every day, for indeed he's worthy. In him we live and move and have our being. Without him we can do nothing. And so here we are in Ephesians chapter 1. Let's begin in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. We're familiar with Paul. We know that Paul was a Pharisee and he was very committed to that false religion. God worked events in his life the same way he has worked events in our life. Uh, perhaps uh, not as severe as Paul. Paul was persecuting the church of Jesus Christ and God knocked him down and knocked him blind. And then Paul began to talk and speak differently as he recognized the person who had knocked him down and called out unto the Lord. Beloved, we know not the circumstance that God will use to get our attention. We know that faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so when God bless us to hear the plan of salvation, that is the time to embrace doing the safe moments, if you will, the, the pleasant moments. We take not for granted the opportunity to hear the word of God in this world of media and social media and radio and computer and going to church. The Bible says, if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt become eternally saved. Saved from paying the penalty of sin, which is death. Saved from the power of sin as we think about the devil's activity within our life to sway us to do the wrong thing. Saved from the person who sinned, for I cannot blame everything on the devil. Some of it is me, the lust of my flesh. And saved from the very presence of sin when God calls us. One of these days, we know not when God is going to call, ready or not, we're going, and the masses are not ready. But if I would just believe that Jesus Christ is God, and believe that Jesus died on the old rugged cross and was placed into the burial and rose again from the dead, and if I would simply call upon him, inviting him to come into my heart, the text says, thou shalt be saved. That's Romans chapter 10, 9, 10, and 13. And all of that is done by the grace of God, by the favor of God, by the mercy of God. We are what we are by the grace of God. There will be no one in heaven boasting and bragging uh, that I was so good. Uh, I have a sin problem. I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. I need a redeemer. I need the blood of Jesus. And I'm so glad that the blood of Jesus will never, can never lose its power. And so here we find Paul Paul the redeemed at this point in scripture, Paul the sanctified, Paul the saved, Paul the saint because of meeting Jesus Christ. We see that passage in the book of Acts 
chapters 8 and 9. But now we see him serving the Lord in the capacity that is according to the will of God. That's another great truth, another great statement that not only are we saved, but God has a particular work for you and I to do. God has a particular assignment uh, for you and I. God has a particular anointing uh, to share and to speak into our individual lives. And it, we come to know it. We walk into it, if you will. We, we begin to discern. We begin to understand why, because of discipleship. Herein lies the problem. Many are happy to be saved, and that's something to be happy about. Uh, you know, we feel I'm okay now. Uh, and, and, and we are as it relates to uh, not going to hell for eternity. But God has so much more to do within our lives. And, and irregardless of who we are or what we have done or where we come from, irregardless of what side of the tracks we were born on, irregardless of our educational level, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, God has a plan for all of his children. And we discern it, we discover it, we understand it because of a little walk with Jesus, beginning a little walk with Jesus and walking in the footprints of the Lord and uh, permitting the Spirit of God to change us. And God uh, has a way of speaking to our heart individually, speaking to our heart afresh to enlighten, to let us know the what that God uh, wants us to do. And God may surprise us. God may surprise us. And make no mistake about it, God is the person doing the calling. God is the person handing out the assignments. And so here we see Paul, he's serving in the capacity as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And then it says he's doing this by the will of God. I cannot overemphasize that. I cannot overemphasize that great truth that God, he has work for all of his children to do. It is a crisis Beloved, for a person to be saved for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and you ask them, uh, tell me, ma'am, tell me, sir, uh, what is or are your spiritual gifts? And for the person to say, I don't know, beloved, that's a crisis. Because the Lord, again, he has work for you and I to do. And what an honor it is to be on his team. He will gift us for the work. He will give the anointing for the work. He'll give the inspiration for the work. He'll give the understanding of the task. He'll give the strength. He'll give the power. He'll give the fortitude. It's a matter of my commitment. It's a matter of my commitment. Too many are not committed, just happy to go to church, just happy to get dressed up and go to church on Sunday morning. And the choir better sing me happy. And the preacher better preach me happy. And then after the benediction, I'll see you, Lord, next week. So glad the Lord doesn't say that to us. We wouldn't be able to feel, see, hear, talk, think without the grace and mercy of God. We owe him everything. We owe him everything. And may we live in such a manner and show our homage and show our appreciation and show true worship unto the Lord. He says, my name is Paul, and I'm serving as an apostle. I hasten to say that there are no more apostles today. And the Lord, who is omniscient, who knows everything there is to know, 
who has an eye clear through eternity. He knew that the day would come and we are here. When false teachers and apostate would have the audacity to call themselves that which God has not. And in his sovereignty, he literally would label and name the people, the men that he has called to serve in this capacity. Beloved, all we have is the Bible. And that's all I'm going to share. Not how I see it, not what I think, not how I feel, just the word of God. We have over 30,000 verses here. And God's word is inerrant, it is inspired, it is eternal, it is holy, it is accurate, and this is what we are to follow. Not well how I see it, not well uh, if it were me. He didn't ask me. He has given me what he wants us to know. And this is what we are to follow. Would to God that we would be more dedicated, more serious, more committed, not just playing church, going through the motions. Thank God he doesn't treat us the way we treat him. Thank God for that. And the church would have a greater influence in our communities if we were committed. And our family life and our homes wouldn't be in dire straits if we walked with the Lord and walked in simple obedience to what the word of God says there's so much that would change for the life of the believer if there was commitment to truth and that's why we're doing this because of the call and because of the passion of getting the word of God to the people getting the word to the people that's what we need the word of God is the answer the word of God is the solution. The blessing is found in the book that we hold and carry to look pious, but never open up to read and study and digest. No wonder God is not blessing and working and healing and delivering and enlightening and using and empowering because we have dropped the source of everything, his will. His will. We pray that the church would have a deeper thirst for righteousness. No one's perfect, but we can do better. No one's perfect, but the Lord has enabled us to walk with him because of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Uh, we can be better. We can do better. We could rise to the occasion instead of stumbling over the same rock that has not moved in our path. We can do better. Note the text. Paul says, my name is Paul and I'm serving as an apostle. Note the text as we consider Matthew, Matthew chapter 10. The Lord knew the era, the period would come when people would have the audacity to call them that which God has not. He knew it to the extent that he would unfold, reveal, manifest those whom he has called to serve as an apostle. Note the text here we are in St. Matthew and chapter 10 as we pick up now in verse 1. And when he had called unto him, personal pronoun he in Verse 1 of Matthew chapter 10 is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Jesus had called unto him his 12 disciples, disciples are followers, and may you and I be followers of the king. We're following the wrong person. Even if I'm following my voice, I'm following the wrong voice. 
Note here again in verse 1, and when he had called unto himself his 12 disciples, he gave them, he gave them, the text says, he gave them. I don't want to run past that. It's highly significant. Every, every word is significant. He gave them power against, against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now he gets specific concerning the individuals that God has assigned to serve as apostles. Verse 2. Now the names of the 12 apostles. Note, first they were called disciples. There in verse 1, they were called his 12 disciples. They followed him. And because of following him and getting close to him and walking with him, they would discern God's spiritual gift for them. That principle has not changed. It is God that worketh in us both the will and to do of his good pleasure. The Holy Spirit will be our guide. God is dishing out the assignment. Mother cannot call her son to the ministry. That's the word of God. That's all I have. That's all I want to have. That's all I'm going to share. Just the Bible. Note again here in verse 2. Now the names of the 12 apostles are these. The first Simon, who is called Peter and Andrew, his brother. James, the son of Zebedee and John, his brother. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the publican. James, the son of Alphaeus and Lebedus, whose surname was Thedidus. Verse 4. Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Verse 5. These twelve. These 12, these 12, I'm seeking to be redundant on purpose. I'm trying my best to drive it home because we are inundated and bombarded with false teaching and false doctrine. And we're swallowing that which sound good, but it's not good because it is not the word of God. Here in verse 5, these 12, Jesus sent forth and commanded them saying, go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. These 12 were given the privilege to heal. Note again there in verse 10 and in chapter 10 and verse 1. And when he had called unto himself his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out. And then it says, and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Note the period. Period means it's final. He's done. And so I'm reminded of the fellow I'll never forget who had the audacity to call himself an apostle and was highly argumentative would not refute the statement and God permitted that person to need to go to the intensive care unit of the hospital for 30 days the alleged apostle 
whom God says has gifted to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Note the period. And now the alleged apostle was ill and was in intensive care for 30 days. And by the grace of God, when God lifted him up, and now he was out the hospital, he decided to drop the title. The title that was biblical, yes. But it also is according to dispensation. Dispensation meaning period of time. That yes, Jesus said it. But when he said it, he wasn't talking to me. He wasn't talking to this era, this period of time, this dispensation. And after being sick and could not heal even himself, then he had clarity of recognition and understanding that his doctrine was perverted. His doctrine was erroneous. His doctrine was not pure. It was not true because it was not biblical. And beloved, it's significant that we would have the names here. And in the book of Acts, we see the call of the apostle Paul. Well, as we come back to Ephesians, he says, my name is Paul and I'm serving as an apostle. May it be true of every believer in Jesus Christ that we'll be able to say, my name is what my name is, and this is the work that God has given me to do. That's Christian growth, Christian maturity. That's when we know that we're walking with the Lord as we become sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit because of relationship, not because of carnal or fleshly or worldly Christians, but Christians who are not perfect, of course, because we're still in house in the flesh, but Christians who are committed, that's the word, committed, even after the benediction. Oh, the influence the church could have in our communities. Oh, the influence that Christ could have in our homes. Oh, the Bible schools that we could erupt and sustain. Oh, the Bible colleges that we could build. Oh, the missionaries on foreign field that we could support. Oh, the mission that we could establish in these United States, helping the poor and feeding the hungry and helping children, etc., etc. If only there was Christian maturity. We talk about change. We talk about deliverance. God has the power. But the question is, do I have the commitment? Herein lies the problem. Herein lies the issue. We wouldn't be in the mess we're in today. In our Christian homes, in our Christian churches, in the Christian community, if we were committed 
to the truth of God's word. If there was not this business of compromising, in a word, if there were holiness in practice, and the reality is God is waiting on me to get real about him. The reality is God says he has a will and his will is that he wants you and I to want him. He already has revealed and demonstrated that he wants us. I want to encourage you to read Psalm 91. What a psalm. It speaks to us that if we want God's peace, God's joy, God's answer to prayer, if we want God to dispatch the angels, it's one of the byproducts of commitment, holiness, righteousness. We're hurting our own blessing, hindering our own blessing because of a lack of sincerity. God knows about the hidden sins. God knows about the secret conversations. No one is perfect, we understand. But beloved, we could do better if we want to. The Lord says, you don't love me. You may act like it in church, but after the benediction, and sometimes in church we clown. If God is going to use us and do a great work, a mighty work, and if the church is going to have influence and power and significance in the community, and if our Christian homes are going to be blessed, it is because of righteousness. Amen. Let's continue. I thank you.